Welcome to Productivity, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. We talk to extraordinary people that you've heard of and extraordinary people that you haven't. We pick their brains about how they get stuff done. I'm Carly Jacobs, writer and mostly sensible habit maker. I've been writing in the self-improvement space for over a decade, and one thing that keeps coming up again and again is morning routines. They seem to be this magical, mystical thing, and people seem to think if they nail their morning routine, it will solve all their problems. You know what? They're absolutely right. In this episode, I talk about the science behind morning decision-making, why mornings are so important, and how to create an out-of-the-box morning routine if more traditional routines haven't really worked for you in the past. Let's kick this episode off by asking, what is routine? So routine is repetition tied to a certain task or time of day. That's it. It's nothing fancy. It's just simple act of doing something again and again at the same time. Even people who don't feel like routines are really their thing, they still do have routines. I don't want to sound like a wanker here, but morning routines are seriously life-changing. Here's a few reasons why routines, specifically morning ones, are awesome. First of all, they help with decision fatigue. So in the last few years, there's been a whole heap of research around the limits of our decision-making. It turns out, in a surprise to no one, that the quality of our decisions begins to totally lose the plot as the day progresses. We've got a fixed amount of willpower, and once we've used it that day, it's gone. It turns out that willpower is a depletable resource. So this is why it's far easier to turn down a biscuit at morning tea than it is to turn down dessert after dinner. It's just too exhausting making healthy decisions. And when you're tired, you make worse decisions. So do you want to hear a very horrifying example of decision fatigue? This I found in an article in the New York Times by a guy called John Tierney. So three men were doing time in prison And they recently appeared before a parole board consisting of a judge, a criminologist, and a social worker. The three prisoners had completed at least two-thirds of their sentences, but the parole board only granted freedom to one of them. Out of the three that I'm about to tell you, guess which one? Case number one was heard at 8.50 a.m. in the morning, and this was a man who was serving a 30-month sentence for fraud. Case two was heard at 3.10 p.m. in the afternoon, a man serving a 16-month sentence for assault. Case three was heard at 2.45 p.m., and this was a man serving a 30-month sentence for fraud. So there was a pattern to the parole board's decisions, but it wasn't related to the men's ethnic backgrounds, crimes, or sentences. It turns out it was all about the timing. So researchers discovered this by analyzing more than 1,100 decisions over the course of a year. Prisoners who appeared early in the morning received parole about 70% of the time, while those who appeared late in the day were paroled less than 10% of the time. How bananas is that? So the odds favoured the prisoner who appeared at 8.50 a.m. in the morning. That guy did actually receive parole. But even though the other 4.25 p.m. prisoner was serving the exact same sentence for the exact same crime, 
fraud, the odds were against him when he appeared at 4.25 in the afternoon. So he was denied parole, as was the other prisoner that was heard in the afternoon, and his sentence was even shorter than that of the man who was released, who was heard in the morning. So the conclusion is they were just asking for parole at the wrong time of day. So what does this tell us? We are far more likely to make good and fair decisions before lunch. After lunch, we're far more likely to quit our jobs and mainline a goon bag of wine on our way to a club at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. This is why morning routines are so essential. They set us up to grab the day by the balls and make use of the golden brain juice that starts depleting from literally the moment we wake up in the morning. Secondly, routines create reasonable expectations. If you exercise in the morning, you can reasonably expect to have a productive day. If you meal plan on the weekends, you can reasonably expect to have an easy, less stressful week when it comes to food preparation. If you eat a salad every day for lunch, you can reasonably expect to feel a little less bloated by the end of the week. Routines basically provide us with security. It's like the foundation of our existence. Without routine, we're just floating around, not knowing what's happening. Routines help to keep us grounded and they provide us with some solid security. If you're struggling to come up with a morning routine, and I do get asked this question quite a lot from the listeners of this podcast, here is a a loose five-step process that might help you come up with a morning routine that works for you. So step number one, you want to decide what you want to do every morning. Things like, I want to exercise every morning and spend 20 minutes reading something just for fun. Or I want to leave the house every day fully prepared and in a calm manner. Or I want to take the time to eat a proper breakfast at home and not scoff a protein bar at my desk at 10 a.m. So all of these things are totally doable, but not all at once. So just brain dump everything into a notebook or a blank doc on your computer to get started. Step number two, you want to choose the top three items on that list that you just brain dumped. And then you want to forget about number two and three for now and concentrate on number one. So number one thing that you want to do in the morning is now your priority for the next month. Step number three, figure out the smallest way that you can implement that habit. I've spoken about this on the podcast many times and Kelly has as well. She's a very, very big fan of small habits. Break it down into something as tiny as you possibly can. So a one minute walk in the morning, and that sounds so bananas, but you can do a one minute walk. Anything bigger than that might be just a bit too much for your brain to deal with right now. Seriously, try a one-minute walk. It'll probably turn into a five-minute walk or a 10-minute walk, but if you have it in your brain that all you have to do is walk for one minute, that is much less of a barrier than anything bigger than that. It could be drink a 100-mil green smoothie, read your book for 10 minutes, work on your novel, album, side hustle for 10 minutes. Now you need to commit to doing that every day for seven days and then up it to 20 minutes and then up it to 30 minutes. But the trick is to go really small and really slow. So for the next seven days, that one thing that you want to do every single morning, you are going to do for the smallest amount of time that is practical. One minute, two minutes. If it's eating something very small portions. If it's cutting back on something, eating a a very small portion of that thing that you want to cut back on, make it as tiny as you possibly can and do that for seven days straight. Step number four is to set a reward. So figure out what type of reward you get. 
there's two types of rewards. There are inner rewards and outer rewards. So an inner reward is basically basking in the glow of having achieved something wonderful. For example, I exercise three to five mornings a week and my reward is the endorphin kick that gives me a good day. I literally lie in bed at 5.45 a.m. and I say to myself, do I want to have a good day or a bad day? And inevitably, I want to choose a good day and that means I get my butt out of bed and head to boot camp. Inner rewards don't work for everyone. They can also work for people sometimes and not other times. I know that this year, as much as I do respond to inner rewards, it's been a very stressful year and my inner rewards aren't really cutting it at the moment. So if you're having a particular period where inner rewards don't work for you, or if you're the type of person that inner rewards rarely work from, work for, you might want to consider outer rewards. So you might have to bribe yourself with a cafe coffee after a workout or 20 minutes of reading a book or watching an episode of a show that you love. One tip about outer rewards though, don't give in to yourself. If you've promised yourself that you can only watch an episode of your favorite show, if you went to yoga, don't give in. That's the whole point of outer rewards. And if you start giving yourself too much slack, you'll just end up watching that whole season of that show that was supposed to be a reward. And then you've lost a fantastic reward. Step five is to focus on the benefits. When we start developing new habits, you can lose sight of the benefits really quickly. To combat this, try coming up with a positive sentence around your new habit. For example, I'm going to walk every morning to improve my physical and mental well-being. Or I'm going to spend 30 minutes every morning applying for new jobs because I'm ready to change careers. Or I'm not drinking alcohol during the week because I want to wake up each morning with a clear head. By repeating the reason and the benefit of your morning routine habits, it will solidify your reasons for doing it. So that's a little five-step process for creating a morning routine that will work for you. I will put all of that in the show notes so that you can refer to it after you've listened to the podcast. I also find that a lot of stuff around morning routines can be quite dull and people get quite bored by them. And mornings are hard enough anyway, because you're busy, you're trying to get out the door, you're trying to figure out what you're doing, you know, you're trying to get socks on your kid, you're trying to remember to grab that thing that you have to post at the post office. Mornings are hard. So here are a few out of the box ideas for those of you that struggle with conventional routine tips. One of my favorite things to do is to choreograph my morning with a playlist. I know this sounds a bit nutty, but I have a little playlist of my favorite four or five songs. And I have them all organized into a playlist in my iTunes and I use them to get ready in the morning. And I've, I've experimented quite a bit with this and I've got a perfect little five song routine. If you do this for yourself after a few days, you'll roughly know how long you have before a song ends. So you can time tasks to last for the duration of a song. It's kind of like, being in your own little musical every morning for those of you that are a little bit performance inclined. So for song number one, you might eat breakfast. Song number two, you might have a shower. Song number three, you might get dressed and get ready. Song number four, you might pack your bag and get out the door. I just find that this is a great way to start the day for people who have trouble leaving for work on time. It's also a really excellent way to keep your phone out of your hands. So pretend like you're headlining your own concert and you need to be on stage for that song and it'll stop you taking a random Facebook break in the middle of packing your bag. 
Uh, I also think this is a great tip for people who have children. My two-year-old thinks this is hilarious because I play the songs on the family speaker in the family room and do funny little dances while I'm getting ready. And it's just a, it's just a joyful, lovely way to start the day. And if you have older kids, they can perhaps request songs to be a part of the morning playlist. It's just, I don't know, a little fun thing that you might want to try. Another thing I like to do is to check the weather forecast and I lay out my clothes the night before. I've been doing this all through lockdown as well. And it it seems like a really obvious thing, but I think it really does bear repeating. It just takes all the guesswork out of choosing your clothes in the morning and you don't waste those precious minutes looking for a particular item of clothing. So if you have everything all laid out, including underwear, I, I don't know about you, but I have a wide variety of different top parts of my clothing. I know that sounds a little bit strange, but I have strapless things and things with thicker straps and things with, you know, kind of open collars and stuff. So bras are a real issue for me and I have to have the exact right bra to go with whatever it is I'm wearing or otherwise it doesn't look right. I I also really hate visible panty line, VPL uh, or whatever you call it. So I'm, I'm a bit fussy about bra straps and things showing. So if I leave that until the morning, I just get so angry. And then I end up wearing something that I didn't want to wear. And then I don't feel good about myself that day. It's just so much easier at night to, you know, pick out whatever it is that you're going to wear and make sure that you have all the underwear and everything that's going to make that outfit a success already and laid out before you go to bed. I often, after I've had my shower and the kids in bed, I pop a podcast on for 20 to 30 minutes and I do my skincare routine while laying out my gym clothes and laying out my outfit for the next day. And then, you know, by 7.30 or 8 o'clock, I can just sit in front of the TV and have some chill time because all of that stuff is already out. And I sleep better. I sleep so much better when I have all of that stuff prepared. So yeah, this saves you a lot of time in the morning and it stops you from... (laughs) ruining your morning by getting really grumpy when you can't find your favorite shoes at 6am. Another thing I know works really well for some people is doing something that you love first thing in the morning. So one of the main reasons why people hate mornings is because most mornings are just full of things that aren't very pleasant, like exercise and commutes and emails and traffic. What if you woke up half an hour earlier and did something you love, like reading or drawing or watching an episode of your favorite show? Is this a little incentive that might help you jump out of bed in the morning a bit easier and get your day off to a beautiful start? Full disclosure, this has never worked for me because I'd rather sleep or exercise in the morning. But if your energy is a little lower in the morning, give this a try. My partner has quite low energy first thing in the morning and he tries to start his day by reading for half an hour, usually after we've sorted out the kid and all that's under control. But yeah, that, that's something that works quite well for him and doesn't work well for me. So give it a go and see if it works for you. It might just be the trick to get your morning off to a good start. Another suggestion is to start your day with an in-bed meditation session. So lying in bed and trying to convince yourself to get up is absolute torture. But if you get a meditation app, I personally like Buddhify, and you listen to a positive meditation as you wake up, it totally resets your mind and helps you start the day with a clear head and a positive attitude. 
And seriously, you can do this for like four minutes. I don't do it anywhere near as often as I should, but when I do it, I have a noticeable difference in my positive attitude for the day and how well I focus. And there are so many amazing meditation apps out there. I've recently been listening to the Ganyajara. I hope I got the pronunciation correct on that language meditation on smiling mind. And it is lovely. It's just nice to have something that's a bit different than, you know, too breathy British voices in most meditation apps. So yeah, I I will link to both of those in the show notes, but even if it's just a couple of minutes, it makes such a difference to how you start your day. This is one of my favorite tips of all time. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while or following me for a while, you would have heard me say this so many times, but it does bear repeating. And I'm going to keep talking about it again and again and again until people start doing this. Move your phone out of your bedroom overnight. It was a couple of years ago, I banned my phone from my bedroom and I've never looked back. I have my Apple watch on my bedside table, which I use for an alarm and my phone doesn't come in into the bedroom. So if I'm struggling to fall asleep at night, I read a book. If I wake up in the morning before my kid, which doesn't usually happen very often, but if it does, I read a book until she wakes up. I use my phone as an alarm. So if there's any emergencies or anything, phone calls do come through on my watch, but only from selected emergency people. Otherwise, If you're calling me at 2am, whatever it is, can wait until the next morning. I cannot explain to you how freeing it is to not have your phone in the bedroom. Give it a go. It will be a miracle for your morning routine because when you wake up in the morning, you can't just grab your phone. And if you want to look at your phone, you have to get up to look at it. So it's it's a good little mind trick and something that gets quite addictive, not having your phone in the bedroom. So let's talk about evening routines in relation to morning routines. What you do in the evening is essential to how well you're set up for the following day. So here are some evening routines that are pivotal to the success of my morning routine. I, after I I said previously that after I have my shower at night, I always shower at night, I put my gym gear, my headband, my sneakers, and my socks in a pile in the kitchen so I can just slip into them in the morning. I get dressed in a kitchen so I don't wake my partner and my kid. Um, yeah. And it's just, it just makes it a bit easier. So I'm not crashing around in the bedroom, you know, waking him up and bothering him and our kid's bedroom is right next to ours so I can get dressed further away from them and not disturb them. I plan out my day in my bullet journal. I use flow on my iPad for this and it takes five minutes and I just do it in bed and I write all the tasks I need to do. And I set times for how long things should take. So for instance, right now I'm recording this podcast and it is written in the timeline of my bullet journal from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock record morning routine episode for the podcast. I also put the dishwasher on so it's clean for breakfast. So these are the things that I do the night before to make sure that my morning routine runs smoothly. So these are essential things. And I'm not even kidding when I say my morning falls apart if I don't do one of these things. If I don't sort my daily planner in my bullet journal, I sit down at my desk and I just mess around for at least half an hour, often much longer than that. If I've done my daily planner, I look at it and I see what I'm supposed to be doing at 9am and I do it. 
comfort is paramount to me not being completely pissed off by morning exercise. So if I can't find my headband, I will turn the house upside down looking for it because I will get so much rage from having hair in my face when I work out and don't even get me started on not being able to find a clean knife to get peanut butter on my kids' toast in the morning. We both get enraged by that. So these three little things that I do the night before make my mornings so much more pleasant. So just have a think about what you can do the night before to make your mornings easier. That might mean pre-making kids lunches. It might mean choosing your outfit the night before. It might mean pre-packing the car. If you travel with a lot of stuff every day, if you do it every night, it becomes second nature. I have a friend of mine uh, from years ago who was a dance teacher. And for some reason, dance teachers just always have a lot of stuff with them, just, you know, props and costumes and, you know, exercise equipment and things like that. And she always packed her car the night before so that she didn't forget anything in the morning. It's the same with art teachers. I mean, I know a lot of teachers have a lot of stuff, but it seems to be specialty teachers that are often carting things backwards and forwards from school all the time. So if you have a job where you have a lot of stuff that you have to take with you, put the stuff that you need in the boot the night before. So you're not scrambling around in the morning, trying to get everything in the car while everyone's screaming at you for coffee and help and all that kind of stuff. So let's talk about the elephant in the room. What if you really, really, really hate mornings? So yeah, like that really sucks, but mornings exist and most people have to participate in them. It's just a fact of life, unfortunately. I've been writing in the self-improvement space for over a decade. And every time I write something about morning routines, I generally get a either angry response or a bit of a, you don't understand me response from people who aren't morning people. And that's completely fair enough. But for most people, mornings aren't really negotiable. So if you're really, really, really not a morning person, you've got two options. You can either concentrate on making sure that your life can be led in the way that works for you. And that might mean changing careers or changing bosses or changing something. So you don't have to participate in mornings. And the second option is to get over it and participate in mornings. So to those night owls, um, yeah, so this, this is, this is a section that's kind of aimed at you. I find that there are three types of people. So there are early birds, night owls, and perfectly average pigeons. They're fairly self-explanatory. Early birds can barely make it through a dinner party and are up at 4.30 a.m. with a smile on their face. So that's Kelly for uh, straight and curly listeners, very much an early bird, up at four every morning. Night owls usually wind down well after midnight and struggle to function until at least 10 a.m. in the morning. Perfectly average pigeons are neither. They go to bed at a reasonable time and they get up at a reasonable time. So you will probably fall into one of those three categories. And here's how to tweak your morning routine to suit what type of a person you are. So early birds, get out of here. This episode of the podcast isn't for you. You've done more before 9am than the rest of us do all day. So I, I have, you know, a million gold stars for you. I'm sending them to you now. You already have your morning routine nailed. So yeah, well done. Night owls, I can suggest that you do the bare minimum in the mornings and skip anything that takes a long time, like lengthy meditation sessions or journaling. If you're half up the night, if you're up half of the night, you don't have time for that in the morning. So 
My advice to night owls is to strip your mornings back as much as possible, do the bare minimum and do only what's essential. For the perfectly average pigeons out there, you can be swayed in either direction, but you do need to watch those late nights. Pigeons tend to lose a lot of sleep because if they have a late night, they'll still get up at their regular time the next day and suffer for it. So for all of those, for all of you that say, but I'm not a morning person, I kind of feel like you never will be with that attitude. And like, I understand that people have different circadian rhythms, but if you consistently identify as a non-morning person, it is only going to make you grumpy. So try rephrasing it to say things like, I need to take things slowly in the morning and use that to work with your routines. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's just, just more about reframing it. So if you're waking up in the morning and you're like, I'm not a morning person, get out of my way, which is probably how you're feeling, that's just going to make you feel worse. So yeah, reframing it to be like, you know, I need to do this particular thing in the morning because I work better at night. That might help you be a little bit less grumpy in the mornings. So what if you really hate routines and you're a free soul who can't be tied down by rules and regulations? That's totally cool. You've heard Kelly say on the podcast before, outer order equals inner calm. And it is honestly so true. So think about the things that stressed you out today. Was it not being able to find your sunglasses or realizing that you forgot to pay that bill or opening the fridge and realizing you forgot to buy yogurt. And now you have a screaming toddler who wants yogurt, no cereal, just yogurt without overloading you with toxic optimism routines really do create freedom. So routines aren't and shouldn't be restrictive. They should be seen as paths, not prisons. Routines and systems will set you on a path to become the person you want to be. It it doesn't even need to be all that complicated, just enough so that you start the day calm and prepared instead of running around like a headless chook. So what if you can't think of things to do as part of your routine? I've listed out a few things that people might want to add to their morning routine to set them up for a positive day. So here are a few of those things. You could stretch, you could concentrate on eating a decent breakfast, sitting at the table, could try positive affirmations like I am strong and capable, or I will finish that report today. You could drink a liter of water, make your bed, get up a bit earlier eat something different every morning. I quite like that idea, particularly for people who are a bit flighty and fancy free and don't like routines. I think you need to have something in your routine that's a bit fun and a bit frivolous. So if you make a pact with yourself this week to eat something different every morning, it just might light a bit of fire in you and make your mornings a bit more pleasant. You could do a full dental routine. So you could brush and floss and use mouthwash. You could do morning pages, a simple skincare routine, go for a walk, meditate, read. Another suggestion I really like is to choose a word of the day. So you know how a lot of people will pick a word for the year and it's like hustle or connect or power or something like that. You could pick a word for the day. So your word for the day could be heal if you feel that you need to take things a bit slowly or your word for the day could be sparkle if you feel like you need to connect with people. Uh, That might be a good thing for you to do, particularly if you are not a a routines-based person. It's just a bit more creative and a bit more fun. 
You could try avoiding screens, listen to a podcast, do a bit of plant maintenance. I know everyone's crazy about plants at the moment. So maybe you could have a lovely morning routine tied to feeding and watering your plants. Although I don't think you can water plants every day. You definitely shouldn't do that within the realms of taking good care of your plants. You could call or text a friend, spend some time outside, do some lunch or dinner prep. There's nothing more delicious than popping on your slow cooker in the morning and walking in the house when you finished work and smelling that delicious dinner already and prepared for you. You can do an exercise class. You could plan your day. So those are just a few suggestions of things because I know it's really hard for some people to see a morning routine for themselves before they've created it. So all I can suggest is that you use trial and error, try some things and see what works, try some things and see what makes you feel good, try some things and see what you are resisting. And then eventually you will come up with with a good morning routine that really, really enhances your day. If those suggestions were a little bit tame for you, this segment is for those people who aren't particularly routine excited. These are some other fun things that you can do in the morning. You could try having a cold shower. You could do a hundred jumping jacks with the whole family. I think that one would be quite hilarious. This is my favorite one. If you get some walkie talkies and sit outside with one and give orders to your family inside through the other, I don't know how many people who are listening have children Walkie talkies are the greatest thing in the world. Kids love them. And if you tell a kid to do something through a walkie talkie, they will pretty much do anything you ask them to do. So give that a go to liven up your mornings. You could have a breakfast picnic. So grab your cereal bowl and eat outside. You could record a video the night before to leave instructions for your kids in the morning. I saw a woman do this on Instagram when she was in COVID lockdown because she had a meeting in the morning and had, had, wasn't able to tell her kids before they went to sleep. So she recorded a video on her iPad and left it on the kitchen bench with a little note for the kids saying, you know, watch this video and left instructions for them. So it was kind of like RuPaul's drag race where you RuPaul pops up and has, you know, I think they call it something male. Ah, someone's yelling right now telling me what mail it is, but it's like RuPaul mail and she would tell the contestants what to do. So this mum just went all RuPaul on her kids and left this super cute video message for them. So you could try something like that. You could play the floor is lava and your whole family has to try to get ready by avoiding touching the floor. You could make a rule that you are only allowed to communicate in song lyrics for the whole morning. You could have races and see who can get ready the fastest. So I I just don't think that morning routines have to be boring. It just needs to be a consistent set of actions that make you feel like a million bucks every morning. In conclusion, just a reminder keep it chill. It's so easy to get bogged down and stuck looking at what other people are doing in the morning and freaking out because all the successful people get up at 5 a.m. and do three-hour yoga and meditation sessions, but you don't need to go there unless you want to. Building a morning routine is about creating a system that works for you, that sets you up for the day and makes you feel good about being alive. (music) 
And that's it for the morning routine episode. Don't forget that you make far better decisions first thing in the morning. So treat your mornings like the most sacred time of day. Also, I give you full permission to create a morning routine that works for you. Make it fun, make it joyful, or make it structured and strict. Do what works for you and your family. It is your morning routine after all. Today's assignment is to choose one thing you want to start doing every morning and start implementing that thing in teeny tiny amounts this week. A five minute walk, 10 minutes of reading, two minutes of meditation, and just keep on building from there. Coming up next week on the show is Lisa Cox. She was living her dream life when at the age of 24, she suddenly suffered a devastating brain hemorrhage that totally changed her life. This interview is one of my favorites of this season. Lisa is a warrior who very generously shares her tips for staying focused and motivated when you've lost almost everything. Stay tuned for next week. This episode is a kicker. Thank you for listening to Productivity, the podcast that helps you create little habits for a big life. I'm Carly Jacobs. You can find me on Instagram at carlyjacobs.com. That's carlyjacobs, D-O-T-C-O-M. You can also email me productivity at carlyjacobs.com. I actually really, really love hearing from listeners. So seriously, don't be shy. You can also record a question for me to answer on the show at speakpipe.com forward slash productivity. This season's book club pick is Live What You Love by entrepreneur Naomi Simpson. And we have Naomi on the show later in the season to answer all your questions about the book. You can purchase the book at Naomi Simpson, S-I-M-S-O-N.com and use the code productivity10 for a 10% discount. You have until the end of November, 2020 to read the book and get your questions in. So get reading. Also, if you love the show, please consider becoming a Patreon supporter. Even $5 a month would be a huge help in covering production, editing, equipment, promotion, and guest wrangling. Just visit patreon.com forward slash productivity. Oh, and one more thing, please leave a rating and a review. It's the best way to help other people find the podcast. Until next time, remember, little habits, big life. (laughs) 